Thanks for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. Our hope is that it helps you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. Guys, growing up, uh, I had two sisters that, that I grew up with. I have five more step-siblings now, which is just crazy. But growing up, it was just my two sisters and I. And we're pretty close in age. My older sister's two years older. My little sister's two years younger. So that, meant for, that made for a lot of fun, but also made for a fair amount of fighting that we would do. And, and so we, when we were really little, something that we would do a lot, and, and maybe you did this when you, with your siblings when you were littler, uh, was we would play like pretend scenarios. Like we would play school, or like we would play hospital, or like we would play dentist office, or we would play meatpacking factory. You know, things that we would all, you guys didn't do meatpacking factory? Oh, just our family? Uh, we didn't really do that one. Uh, we would, this, or, you know, like, so, so we would just like act these out. I don't know, like little kids, like there's the imagination levels is like through the roof. And so we were just like, yeah, it was fun. And, and so whenever we would do these, um, I could almost always guarantee that I wasn't going to be like the person in charge in this scenario because my sisters were the bosses. So, and I was okay with that, but this meant that like, if we were playing school, like they were the principal or they were the teacher and I was like the substitute teacher or like the night janitor. And if we were playing hospital, uh, they were like the chief surgeons and the doctors and I was like the pizza guy who happened to be delivering pizza at the staff party at the same time. And I was just kind of around, like I was in the, the area where the doctors hang out. And that was just kind of how it went most of the time. But there was one scenario that we would uh, sometimes play, uh, and that would always lead to an argument. And that scenario was courtroom, uh, because who doesn't want to play courtroom? It's like, what were we thinking? Crazy kids. Uh, those darn kids. Uh, but whenever we played courtroom, uh, you know, like normal kids do, I'm thinking maybe this wasn't as shared of an experience as I thought it was. Um, uh, we would always argue over who could be the judge, who wanted to be the judge, because we loved, each of us, the idea of just holding other people's, like making decisions about other people's lives, just controlling them like puppets on a string, baby, and just giving out sentences to them that are way more intense than the fictional crimes we committed. I can tell you how many times my sister sentenced me to death just because I like took a Polly Pocket or something, which maybe, I don't know if you know what those are, but my sister had, I don't know, 200. Uh, and so, so that's just kind of how it went. We all wanted to be the judge because we wanted the power. We wanted the control. And I say that because that's what we're talking about tonight. That's what you just heard read. We're talking about judging other people, about judging. And, and so I don't know what you think of when you think about judging or, or judgment. Uh, maybe you think of a courtroom, right? Maybe you think of that like sort of setting in like the, the long black robe and the big gavel, right? Or, or maybe you think about a specific time in which uh, you judged someone else or they judged you and it wasn't really fair and it kind of hurt your feelings. I don't know what you think of, but I think a, a helpful place for us all to start is just to, to talk about what judgment is in this case. So, so in this case, when we, when we talk about judging other people, what we're talking about is making a decision about someone else based usually on something they did or something they said. Hey, there, there can be other things that, that, that affect that decision, but generally it's a decision about someone else based on what they did or said. So what does this look like? You might make a judgment about someone at school 
because they don't like the same things that you like, or they kind of wear like weird clothes, or they, they, they're interested in like different things, and you just kind of think that they're weird. And so you take that little amount of information, and you're like, I know all I need to know. My judgment towards you, you're, like, you're, you're weird. Or like maybe uh, on a test, right, that you took at school, there was someone that missed a few questions that you got right. And so you heard about that, and you were like, okay, that's all I need to know. You are dumb. You are not smart. That's my judgment towards you. Or, you know, you hear someone that says something that's not very nice, and, and then you kind of see the way that they talk about your teacher, like when the teacher's not in the room, and so you're like, okay, I know all I need to know about you. You're a jerk. And these are the kind of the judgments that we make. And a lot of times, it's a ju- judgments that we make are, are based off a of very limited information, but it doesn't really matter what the scenario or the situation is, because here's the thing, is that Jesus's words don't change no matter what scenario or situation that we are in. They are very clear, very simple. Do not judge, period. And if you do, whatever reasons you judge someone else will be applied back to you as well. That's what Jesus says. That's, that's what he makes clear. And he gives us an example on sort of how to understand this. And it's one of those things where it's like not a very common scenario. And, and Jesus has done this before in the Sermon on the Mount where he kind of uses a ridiculous example to point out a ridiculous action. Which is, and that ridiculous action is this. It is judging someone else for their mistakes, for their sins, for their failures while completely ignoring your own stuff. Like looking at them and be like, wow, I cannot believe they are falling apart and they have made all those mistakes. I'm perfect. And that's, Jesus is like, that's ridiculous. You aren't. And so, so, so he uses the illustration of, you know, wood in our eyes because that happens all the time, right? And so, so this is what Jesus says. Let's read it again. So he says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, Let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Okay, I need a volunteer to help me out. I need a volunteer to help me out. Um, Camden, yeah, come on up. Okay. Okay, Camden, I just need you to stand there for a second. So let's let's say that uh, Camden has, I've just heard some stuff about Camden recently. And one of those things that I've heard is that Camden has a little piece of sawdust in his eye. And so I can just tell that it's hurting Camden, right? He's going to do that thing where he's like squinting his eye, which you can't see it right now because I've got something on my face. Uh, but he's, he's squinting his eye. It probably hurts a little bit. It's not super comfortable. And so I go up to Camden. I'm like, hey, man, look really embarrassing what you've got on your face. And, and I, I just think that you need to kind of fix it. Like, I don't really want, I can't really tell if you're looking at me when you're talking to me because there's like a speck of sawdust in your eye. So I just, I, I think if you, if you can get that out of your eye and, and kind of just fix that for you, then that would be, that would be really great. So can you just do that for me? Like, I look like an idiot, okay? Right, look at what is, I have a log on my face, right? That is, that is the point that Jesus is making. If I say, hey man, you got a little something on your face. I have a log on my face. That is how dumb this is. That is what Jesus is trying to say. Okay, but, but that is just like sort of the example that Jesus is giving for something that happens in real life. Not with wood, obviously, but with other things. So, so Cameron, let's switch. You, you try this on, and I'm going to go ahead and adjust the strap because I have a ginormous basketball head, and I'm just going to go ahead and assume that your head is smaller than mine. And if you, can, if you want to hold it, you can. 
So, so okay, so now Camden has the log. Wow, I looked that good, awesome. Uh, now Camden has the log on his face. Let's, so let's say that, that uh, Camden comes up to me and he's like, hey Tyler, I've been hearing some stuff. I heard, that, I heard that you talked about someone behind their back recently. And man, that's just not, that's not good. Like you, sh- you shouldn't be doing that. Is Camden right? Yeah, yeah, he is. That, that's, not, that's not something I should be doing if I'm a follower. Certainly if I'm a follower of Jesus, Jesus has something better for me. However, if I then look at Camden and I'm like, in the back of my head, I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Camden, I've heard that not only have you been talking about people behind their back, you've been talking about people to their face. And you have been calling them all sorts of names. And you've been yelling at people. You've been mad at people. You've just been all kinds of sassy and snarky and snappy and all the other words, you know, like, like you've just been just mean and, and rude, then, then really, what, what does that make Camden look? That makes Camden look about as silly as I looked with the log on my own face, right? Because what he is doing is he's come over and said, hey, Tyler, look, um, I'm going to ignore the giant log on my face. And I just want to point out this little, this thing that, that does need to be fixed, but like, I don't want to have to deal with my own stuff, right? So what that, what that does, what Jesus is talking about is that we're kind of like choosing to call someone else out while ignoring our own stuff. And, and in that way, living this sort of lie that, G, that is not compatible with Jesus' kingdom. Camden, you can take that off. Thank you so much. You can go sit down. Give Camden a round of applause, everybody. He's a warrior. Yeah. Warrior for putting that on. This is what Jesus is talking about. If you are going to judge someone in this way, you better be prepared to receive it back. If I'm going to call out Camden for a speck in his eye, I better be prepared to address the log on my face. It's silly, and that's the point. It's foolish if we were to actually do it with wood in our eyes. But here's the thing, that that, that when, when, when we talk about judgment, it's kind of an umbrella term. Because here's the thing, that there's two sort of kinds of judgment that I want us to talk about. And the first is condemnation. So condemnation is to just look at someone and say that they are straight bad. They are, who they are, like their identity, is their failures, their mistakes, and their sins. Nothing good. I don't even care about anything good that they might have done. All they are is bad. That's condemnation. And then there's discernment. And discernment is actually talked a lot about in the Bible as a good thing. Because discernment uses wisdom to judge whether a thing is right or wrong. And so discernment judging is not about focusing on someone else's sin and mistakes and failures. Discernment judging is actually about restoring somebody. Seeing that they are, you know, caught up in sin, that they are, uh, that they do need help, but not judging them for it. Not, Not saying, oh my gosh, you stink. I can't believe that you did this. But instead, restoring them back to the life that God would have them live. So, so, so Paul puts it like this in Galatians chapter 6. He's talking to, to followers of Jesus. He says, brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. Or you may also, or uh, restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. So Paul lays it out very clearly. If somebody 
is caught in a sin, whether they know it or not, right? Like, like I kind of think, like in my head, I, when I hear that, I kind of think of like a spider web and like whether, they, whether or not they realize the danger that they're in by toying with this thing, that they're caught in this spider web of sin, whether or not they realize it, we are called as followers of Jesus to restore them back into a life that is honoring God, that is righteously living in his kingdom. And the temptation that we need to watch for is to not think that we're better than them. The temptation we need to watch for is, is that we wouldn't rest, uh, seek to restore them, not gently, but actually in like an angry or unkind way that actually causes more damage because it just led to more pain and more sin. That's the temptation that we need to watch for. And so discernment wisdom says either, yes, that thing is good for you, or, hey, I love you, you're my friend, and, and, what, and, and this thing, this, this habit this relationship, it is, it is not good. It is, it is hurting you. And I'm saying that not because not I'm mad at you, not because I think that you're a terrible person, but because I don't want you to hurt yourself or other people even more. So, so I think you need to stop. And, and here's why, and, and I want to help you do that, because it's about restoring them, not tearing them down, about restoring them. And this, is, this can be hard, right? It can be hard to go up to somebody and be like, Look, I love you. You have to stop this. It is hurting you. It takes a lot of prayer. It takes a heart that knows Jesus, a heart that's being transformed by the Spirit. But it's what we're called to do as followers of Jesus. And as we live in his kingdom, what we will find is that this moves from something that sounds like it might be impossible to something that just naturally happens because Jesus is transforming our heart possible. So that's discernment. But condemnation is about pointing out flaws, pointing out sin, pointing out, it's just all about looking at sin and looking at failure. But here's the thing. Condemnation is our reality if we are not a follower of Jesus. If we don't know God, that is true of us, that we are bad, that we are broken. But that's not the end of the story. It's not the end of the story because what we just celebrated this last weekend. Because even though we are bad and broken, we don't have to stay that way because of Jesus' death and resurrection. And he opens the door and invites us in back into loving relationship with him. And so then that's where condemnation has no leg to stand on. That's what Paul says in Romans chapter 8. He makes it very clear. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So are you baptized in faith into Christ Jesus? Then you are not bad. You are not broken because Jesus has made you righteous and whole by taking your punishment on his behalf. And no one can take that from you. No matter what they do, no matter what they say, and that includes yourself. That includes yourself. So no matter matter how hard you might try, no matter how much you might think, man, I've just sinned too much for God to love me. I have outsinned what Jesus did, please. If you are in Christ, then what God sees, what the Father sees when he looks at you is not your failures, but instead the perfection of his son. So Jesus calls us not to condemn because when we condemn someone, what we're doing is saying that our own decision and our own opinion is more important than what Jesus did on the cross. 
than what Jesus did when he rose from the grave. We're like, I actually, I think, I've, I think I know this situation a little bit better, Jesus. Well, if we effectively say, look, Jesus, I know that you died for them, but you didn't, you did not hear what they said. You did not see the look that they gave me. You did not hear what they said when we were in the hallway. You didn't hear what they said when we were online or backstage or in the locker room. You didn't hear what they said or, 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 or just, you don't know them like I know them, Jesus. So look, I know you died for them, but, but I just don't think you fully grasped the picture yet. I don't know if they were fully worth dying for. And that's intense sounding, but that is what our actions communicate when we condemn others and just look at them as their mistakes. And Jesus will have none of that. Look at me. Jesus will have none of that. It is not in his kingdom. And how foolish we can be to believe such things. Because judgment is a boomerang. Everything that we throw out, oh my gosh, they're terrible. Oh my gosh, I hate them. Oh my gosh, I can't believe they did that. Right back to us. Because we have nothing to stand on. Because no matter how bad or good we think we might be, all of us needed Jesus. And now you say, well, well, Tyler, like, I mean, I haven't done half of the bad things that some of the people at school have done. And in fact, Tyler, some of them are in this room. And thank goodness too, because Lord knows they need Jesus. Thank goodness they're here. I act way better than them. So I hear you, Tyler, but, but I just, I'm better than them. Okay. Well, let's go back then and look at every single week of the Sermon on the Mount up to this point. What have we talked about over and over and over again? Jesus cares about your heart. It doesn't matter if the action is amazing, if the heart is in the wrong place. So you might be better than them. That person that just annoys you so much and just drives you up the wall and you're just like, I want to punch him. You might be better than them. You might be. You might be better than them at school. But let me ask you this. What kinds of things do you think and keep to yourself about them? Right? Or like, like you hate when, someone, when, when, when there's a bully bullying someone at school. But what kinds of things do you think in your head and feel in your heart towards that bully who Jesus loves just as much as he loves you? It's about the heart. Condemnation makes us blind. The reason that you and I don't want to address the log on our face is because it is way easier to look at someone else's problems and be like, let's just focus on that and how bad you are and all of your stuff so I don't have to address my stuff. It's way easier because sometimes it might hurt to get that ginormous plank off of our face, right? I, I would rather just kind of ignore and look at your problems than address my own. We want to remain ignorant, but it needs to be done because it's making you blind. Camden, I don't know about you, but I could not see when I had this thing on my face. It's making you blind. You can't see others. You can't see yourself. You can't see God. And seeing is better than not seeing. So then what's this last verse about? Pearls and dogs and pigs, what's going on, right? Like, what is Jesus talking about? That seems kind of random, like out of place almost. Well, when it comes to, to discernment judging, seeking to restore somebody back to a righteous way of living, 
We cannot force them as much as we want to. We cannot make a decision for someone else to follow Jesus. As much as you might be right, you might have all of the reason in the world to be like, hey, look, this is hurting you, and, and here's why, and I, and I love you, but like, you've got to stop. This is, this is not good, but you cannot make the decision for them. It's like that old saying, you can lead a horse to water. You can, but you cannot make it drink. You cannot force them. And so that's what Jesus is saying. If you try and force feed this pearl to a pig, it's not going to eat it because it's not going to eat it if it doesn't want to accept it on its own. And that's hard because we want people in our lives to know Jesus. We don't want them to keep hurting themselves. We don't want them to keep living this life that isn't good. And yet, we cannot force them. We cannot make them follow Jesus. We cannot make them do this. Even, we even saw this in Jesus' life. He let people walk away. Jesus let people walk away. That's hard, that's hard for me to, to grasp. He let them walk away knowing full well that they were walking away from the one person who loved them the most, who knew them the most, and who could save them. But also knowing that love has a choice with it. That if I'm going to try and restore them with love and restore them gently, I have to give them the choice to walk away. I can't force them. That's not love. That's not gentleness. And so that's what you and I as followers of Jesus are called to. To not condemn because they haven't been condemned. Instead, to restore. Not judgmentally, but graciously. Hey, are you caught in sin? I love you. Let, let's, let's go this way. Come on. We don't, we don't need to stay over there. Let's go. And it can be hard. But Jesus shows us how. Because he is kind. and He is gentle. And he is quick to love and slow to anger. He's our example, and he can be trusted. He knows what he's talking about. I feel like I've said it every week. He does. And he has a better way for us. So now we're going to stand, and we're going to sing. I just ask that that, that you would kind of keep in your mind and and in your heart, maybe that that person that you've been thinking about, they're just like, man, i got to ask for forgiveness. Or, man, I've been condemning, and i got to restore. Because that's what we were called to as followers of Jesus. Jesus shows us how. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that if we are in Jesus, we are not condemned. We're free. And Father, for those of us in the room that that don't know you, Father, move in their hearts. Help them to see that a life of following you is, is the best life. We don't have to live in this condemnation of all we are is our sins and and our failures. That we can be seen as your perfect death and resurrection. Father, change us. Make us bold to restore. Father, we love you and we trust you. In Jesus' name we pray. Thanks again for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. We hope that this teaching is helping you discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. If you're interested in learning more about Christ Church, visit us online at cco.church.